Now, I'd like us uh, to turn to, uh, to Ephesians. Uh, so if you'd like to turn uh, to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, which we have been um, making our way through slowly <laughs> over the past few months. And uh, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse uh, 16... Verse 16. In verse, verse 16. And it says this. In all, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Okay, so that's page 1163, and I'll read it again. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we ask you, Lord, please, that your Holy Spirit will uh, take this word tonight. And Lord, may it be a, a sword thrust to our heart, Lord. May you stir us up, encourage us, uh, bless us, Lord, by the meaning of, uh, of, of the word faith and what it means in our lives. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Now, you may have noticed I've jumped a few verses when I spoke about prayer last week. Um, because in talking about prayer, you know, you might say, well, you've left out uh, various parts of the spiritual armor that we've been talking about. Well, I felt it was appropriate to do so. And I am actually going to be returning to that same verse, to the second half of the verse. I, I looked at the first half of the verse about prayer. And that is... Um, uh, verse uh, 18 praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplications and then I'm going to be looking uh, in due course at the second half of that verse but the thing is about prayer is that you'll see that you have praying at all times in just the same way as it talks about in all circumstances take up the shield of faith in both cases Paul is, is basically saying that the armour that we wear as believers is both to be um, surrounded by both prayer, thinking about last week, our, our lives to be ones of constant prayer, but also faith in all circumstances, in all circumstances in the fight, wherever, which, whatever a particular other weapon that you might be using, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, what you must do is have the shield of faith. Faith is absolutely central to everything we do, not only in, in uh, the spiritual battle, but also in our, our Christian lives. What do we mean by faith? Well, people often talk about blind faith. Oh, you just believe something that you, you know, is, is, is a fairy tale, and you just have blind faith in it. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says we have faith because of reality, because of truths. We're called to take a step of faith, not... Not because we're flying in the face of facts, but we are responding to facts. This fact. Human beings, like you and me, are fallen, stained, guilty creatures who have broken God's laws. That's a fact. And we're called to trust in the Lord despite that fact. Despite the fact that... By all justice, on the day of judgment, we should be cast away from God's presence and excluded forever from his presence in hell. 
against all likelihood, according to our own way of thinking, we may approach God and we may be saved because Jesus Christ has died for us. But what sort of thing is faith? Well, I'm going to unashamedly use this illustration I have used before. Um, I don't know if you, you know that during the Second World War, this whole area was blitzed by the Germans. I mean, the whole of the East End was. I mean, constantly bombed. And there was a direct hit just literally a few yards away from, from this church. And uh, with a massive, great big hole in the ground, a massive big crater in the ground. Uh, the church itself, I'm not sure how badly the, the original church building was, was damaged or not. I don't, I don't know. But um, whether it was just structurally damaged and they had to pull it down. I, I don't know about that. But I do know there was a gigantic crater because uh, there was a, a website about five or six years ago which um, showed all of the, the bomb craters all over, uh, all over London caused in the Blitz. Now, so there's a bomb crater there. Imagine that. Now... On one occasion, somewhere else in London, it might have been here, I don't know, um, a man's house was, uh, or an area was being bombed, and he, he was able to run out of the house. Uh, the bomb fell, exploded nearby. The house, his house, house started to fall down, and he grabbed his child, and the bombs were still falling all over, uh, all over the city. He ran out, and he saw a, a, a large shell hole um, a large hole in the ground. And uh, he, he thought, the only, the only way we can make sure that we have some kind of safety, and it was at night, he jumped into the shell hole and waited down there. Now, he had his little child with him, a little seven-year-old. And the son said, I, I don't know where you are, Dad, because he couldn't see in the dark. But, of course, the father could see him quite clearly. And he's down in the hole, but he's looking up, and there is light and the boy's silhouette is especially with the flashing uh, bombs from everywhere else around. And he says, don't worry, son, I could see you. Jump! <laughs> and the little boy says, but I can't see you. No, the, the father says, jump, I know, I know exactly where you are. Just jump and I'll catch you. And the child, because he trusted his father, jumped. And he was caught in his father's arms and they, they were saved to tell the tale, which I'm telling you now. And they see the Bible says this, if you are not yet saved by God, God is calling out to you, jump, take a step of faith, trust my love. God made a universal declaration of love to the world. You know, you've heard of the universal declaration of human rights. Well, God has made on numerous occasions a declaration, a universal declaration, saying to everybody of love. It says in John's Gospel, God so loved the world. And John's Gospel defines what the world is. On dozens of occasions, John's Gospel makes it clear that the world is the world of sinful, evil people. That, you know, the world is evil people, those in the darkness. God so loved the world, the whole world. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. And God calls out to you, whether you're online or in the church, and it's calling out and saying, look, you need your sins forgiven. You need to be ready for judgment day. You don't know when you're going to die. So look, jump into my arms. But you say, I can't see you, Lord. I don't know whether to trust you. God knows everything about us. And he just tells us, come to me. And Jesus 
said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, that jumping into the arms of God is what faith is. It's trusting him. Trusting him. And it's central. It's central to living the Christian life. Um, You may have heard of the French Foreign Legion. Now, the French Foreign Legion is and and was, because it's been around for many, uh, since 1831, coming up for 200 years. It's full of people who are fleeing certain things. It became the place, the, the, the choice place of escape for young men escaping from criminal records. They might even have escaped from a prison and then they entered the French Foreign Legion to get away from it all, to fight battles for, for the French government in other countries. They, had, they were haunted by their past. They may have been deserters from their own army. They may have had all kinds of problems, but they fled their old life to have a new one offered to them, a new identity offered them by the, by the, uh, by the French government. Now, you know, that's what a, a Christian is. It does, it's meant to flee. Right, but we're not. It's not that we're fleeing um, our old life to just, you know, have a new identity and then carry on doing the same things: get drunk, steal, bully, be violent, and not, not at all. What does Paul say? This: As for you, O man of God, flee these things. What things? The love of money. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It's through the craving, this craving, that some have wandered away from the faith. And pierced themselves with many pangs. Flee things which are hurting the faith, like loving money. There are churches today, unfortunately, all over the world that are actually talking as though we should be loving money and that this is the way God blesses us by making us rich. No, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Flee these things because you're damaging your faith by doing so. Flee these things. Fight the good fight of faith, he says. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Now the Lord, when he calls us into his spiritual army and calls us to take up the shield of faith, we need to understand that we are meant to be leaving behind the the bad things of our previous life. And we are to be pursuing as though it, we might even think of it, it's almost like you know, an order to, to um, let's take that hill over there. Come on, men, let's take it. Let's battle up the hill and take it. What is that? What, what's, the, what's the territory that we're meant to seize? Well, it's the territory of righteousness, being a righteous person, being godly, being full of faith, being full of love, being patient and steadfast, being gentle. That's what, that's what lies before us as Christians. And that is why one of, one of the reasons why in talking about this battle, uh, Paul talks about this spiritual battle in which we face Satan, he says it's incredibly important we take up the shield of faith in order to actually take hold of the life for which Christ took hold of us in the first place. Now, Paul, if we you know, actually look at the text, he, Paul specifically says, take up, take up. The shield of faith. Um, now, this idea of taking it up, of course, is appropriating it and using it. And it, you know, it reminds us that we're called to the battle. We are meant to be fighters for the Lord. Well, of course, we have our times of 
you know, a physical rest, yes. But all of the time, whether we're resting, whether we're playing football, whether we're playing a musical instrument, watching TV, we are still in that battle. And we can do all of those activities, as well as working, interacting with other people, we can do all of those things in the spirit and living in this world of peace and joy and gentleness. That's what God wants for us. But we need to actually, be, to be able to do this, we need to take up the shield of faith. Now, what kind of shield are we talking about? The shield of faith. Well, a bit of historical background. The Roman soldiers had a shield which was not like a, just a round shield. The Greeks used to have a round shield about that big. They would go with a sword and, and a shield, you know, maybe two feet uh, in, in circumference, a circular shield. But the Romans had, well, they eventually developed in the 4th century, a shield that was maybe four and a half feet long, um, which was light, durable, and which basically uh, was rectangular in shape and had curves on it. So essentially, you were pretty well protected, both from the front and from the sides. The only thing that would be exposed would be your head, but you had a helmet there, um, and, and, of course, your, your, the, the bottom of your legs and your ankles and your, and your shoes. Now, the thing about this, uh, this scutum, as it was called, was that it was extremely tough. It was actually it was light because uh, there were two planks, basically, um, wooden, wooden struts, if you like, uh, that supported um, the, the interior of, of the, the shield, which was made of, of um, canvas, light canvas, and skin. Now what this meant was this, you had a shield that could protect you, you could use it actually going forward. You didn't just want to have something, you know, that you just stood there and just, but actually you could move forward with this shield and fight at the same time. That's what God calls Christians to. We're not called to be cowering away, oh, you know, uh, the devils are attacking us, it's an evil world, let's no, we're meant to be moving forward, preaching the gospel, praying, doing uh, good works, being righteous, living in this world to God's glory positively. But the construction of the shield meant that various, various weapons you know, uh, were, 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 were not, not particularly useful against it. Now, it is true that these shields actually um, you know, ha- had limitations, as all weapons do. But one of the things that they were particularly uh, uh, good at was the fact that um, it was for mutual defense. In other words, a whole um, hundred Roman soldiers, when they lined up with these large shields, both in front of them and also over their heads, because the man behind would be carrying on his head, thus protecting the head of the person in front of him, and the person in front actually all, you know, you had what they called a tortoise which was a complete protection for the men going forward. And this reminds us how important it is. Faith is not just a solo individual thing. Your faith matters to me. And my faith should matter to, my faith should matter to you. Because in a church, we're meant to be a body walking together. We're not meant to be isolated individuals. Oh yes, I'm a cyber Christian. I watch, I watch lots of, I watch lots of videos on Christian TV and everything. And that. no, we're meant to be together as a group of people, protecting one another, praying for one another, helping one another, encouraging one another, and particularly, as I said, praying in faith 
for one another. And uh, it's, it's vital, therefore, to understand that um, the devil, of course, wants to prevent this happening. You see, the power of God is at work in human lives through faith to protect and guard us through the whole of all the trials of life. I think sometimes um, Christianity, sometimes in crusades in the past, may, may be presented sometimes in a rather fairy tale like way. Come to Jesus, you'll have Jesus in your heart, and you'll feel wonderful all of the time. You'll have joy or every you'll, you'll be floating on a cloud. How wonderful it'll be! And many people have responded to that sort of thing. Unfortunately, when life hits them between the eyes with some some personal disaster, they're, they're not prepared for it. They, I didn't know it was going to be like this, but the Bible makes it clear that there will be stunning setbacks in our lives. We may get sick and the sickness may go on for weeks and months or even years. We may have agony and anguishes that happens to people. Bereavements. Broken relationships. People hating us. There may be persecutions, which was very common, uh, obviously, at the time of the Roman Empire. And it was very common in this country just a few hundred years ago. People were being burnt alive for their faith in Jesus not far from here. There's misunderstanding and misinterpretations even by other Christians. But the point is that's why the power of God works in our life through faith. That's, that's the, uh, the verse I read uh, earlier, the passage, where Paul Peter says, We obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith. Although we will go through sorrow, maybe, anguish, maybe, misinterpretation, imprisonment, people may turn against us, people we love may hate us, we are protected by the power of God through faith. Through both our own faith in the Lord, but also the faith of some anonymous old person who can't get out of bed, but is sitting there praying for their brothers and sisters in Christ. This is a wonderful thing brothers and sisters isn't it that you know the people that often the world will look at as totally useless are actually often the people that can do the most wonderful things for the people of God praying in faith going forward in faith and uh you know you know I, I you know we do need to understand that the Lord wishes to to take us through all of the all of the difficulties of life and he will do, and we will flourish if we have faith and our faith continues to grow. Of course, the Bible actually tells us it's quite difficult to hold on to this, for some people to hold on to this, uh, uh, this uh, shield of faith. If they're holding on to lots of other things with their other hands, you know, it's a bit like going into Poundland without a bag. And you get this, and you get that, and you've got that in your shopping basket. I mean, obviously you don't do this, but I'm rather eccentric. I often forget a bag, and so I've got my little uh, bag. I keep things in and I've got you know 15 items I think oh I don't want to buy pay money for another bag so what I'll do is I'll put that in that pocket that in that pocket I've got that pocket I can put that in that in and I'm overloaded with it then I have to carry it all out and I can't actually unlock the car door because you know I can't get my key out because everything's going to fall on the floor now a lot of Christians become like this because they're not holding on to the shield of faith because they're holding on to too much other things they're worried about other things 
They may be worried about their money. They may be worried about uh, this and that situation. They, uh, you know, new things may enter their lives, new relationships that may draw them away from their faith. And they basically drop their shield of faith and they go on with all of these other activities rather than holding on to personal faith in Christ. The thing is this, Paul uses, you know, to use a, um, a bit of Greek grammar, he uses the active voice when he says, take up the shield of faith. Continue to take up the shield of faith. We need to constantly be making sure we stay in the faith. And we obviously we need to choose each day to do so. It's possible to pray, it's possible in a prayer meeting, but not really be you know, not really believing what we're doing. We're just kind of half there, half in and half out. Now, just think how wonderful it is that God calls us to these times when we can gather together and, and agree together for God to bless people. And we can say amen and we can believe it. And God, because we are praying in faith, will actually answer those prayers. Think about these wonderful opportunities. And I hope, you know, you, you say to yourself, yeah, maybe... I ought to have a, a family time of prayer. Maybe I ought to pray with colleagues at work that I know that are Christians. Yeah, maybe once a week get together to pray. Or, I mean, when I was at school, uh, some of us kids, and we were only about 13, 14, we had a, a morning of prayer every morning. You know, 15 minutes of prayer. We were given, uh, we were given, um, oh, 15, 14 and a half, 15. Well, we were given a, the key to, to open a, have a little place where we could pray every morning. Fantastic opportunities to exercise faith. Our, our prayer meetings. Uh, it, this isn't a duty. It shouldn't be a thought of as a duty. Oh, I've got to come to the prayer meeting. No, this is a wonderful opportunity to meet with the living God and to, to get blessings from him through faith. Our individual prayer times. Now, we have to fight the good fight with all our might, as the hymn says. We have to take up the shield of faith, take these opportunities. Time is short for some of us. I haven't got that long left on this planet. And how stupid is it for me when I, I don't actually take up the shield of faith? As for you, a man of God, flee those rotten things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, godlessness, faith, uh, pursue godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. The thing is that we will face sometimes devastating dead ends. Some point in the future, we may be diagnosed with a terminal illness. You're going to die in three months, six months, nine months, a year, whatever it is. Now Paul tells us, we walk by faith, not by sight. And when he said that, he was, he was, he was talking about situations like terminal illness. Because he, he tells us that we could face death at any time. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1. We know that if the tent that is our earthly house is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we're always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We know that, well, when we die, we're going to be with the Lord. We don't know how. I mean, look, I am absolutely certain that heaven is far, far different from many of the popular 
uh, you know, illustrations of what people think heaven will look like. I'm sure it's far beyond our imaginations how glorious and wonderful it's going to be and probably uh, beyond our human imaginations to actually take it in. But Christ is going to be there and that's going to make it the most wonderful thing of all. And as we know Christ now, how wonderful it is to be able to walk with him by faith and know that actually when we're told uh, that we have a terminal illness, although uh, we're going to be leaving this world behind, we won't be leaving Jesus behind or he won't be leaving us behind. You see, faith, this shield of faith, gives us the confidence to move forward in our battle for Christ. And and this is in all areas. Uh, I want to mention one area now. Uh, In doing so, I'll give another illustration from my childhood. I remember a teacher teacher in my school in America brought in a shrunken head into school. Now, I was only eight at the time, and all the girls and boys in the class were only eight. You imagine it. And they bring in a shrunken head, literally, these were heads supposedly, oh, I better not say the word literally. Uh, these were supposedly sh- heads that had been, um, uh, where people had been killed by headhunters in Borneo and other places in the, in the Pacific. And they were, uh, over a period of time, shrunk to a size of about that by some process. I don't know what it is. But supposedly that's what this was. Now, as an eight-year-old, frankly, I didn't really get... Like, get the horror of it you know it just seemed to be well look at that (laughs) whereas really if it was true that that actually was a shrunken head of someone who'd been murdered you know 50 years ago I mean it it was awful really Um, but the thing is this um, it's a a process of shrinking you know happens I guess all of the time Um, clothes shrink and all kinds of other uh, other things shrink Um, but the Bible talks about shrinking as well, not shrinking heads, not shrinking clothes, but it talks about uh, a word that's allied to the idea of this idea of shrinking clothes. Is Paul says, I didn't shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. What does he mean? I didn't shrink. Well, it kind of, I think it means something to the effect that when, a, when, a, when clothes shrink, they get smaller and then smaller and smaller. And people, if they're scared, shrink themselves. They kind of try to get into the background and, and kind of hide <laughs> so they're not in public view. And Paul says, no, I didn't do that. When I came to you, I didn't shrink away, making, my, making the message less and less clear, making it more and more fuzzy and more and more vague. I declared to you the gospel of Christ clearly and you knew exactly about heaven and hell, about Jesus and his death on the cross and about what it meant to be a Christian. I didn't shrink from it. And I declared the, the truth of the Ten Commandments, the truth of, of men's, uh, of men's uh, d- disastrous fall into sin. And uh, basically, if we're filled with faith, we won't be shrinking back. We'll be moving forward, clearly declaring the truth in love, and in kindness, but we won't, be sh- we won't be shrinking from declaring the whole counsel of God, which is what Paul says in Acts 20, verse 27. Faith, the shield of faith, gives us boldness to move forward. And the final thing I want to say is this, is that Paul says in the second half of this verse that specifically the shield of faith extinguishes the flaming darts of the evil one. What does that mean? Well, the word that's used there for dark uh, could mean arrows, but in fact, there was um, 
various armies that did use darts. Very, you know, I mean, not simple little darts that we throw at dartboards. They were a bit longer than that. And they were heavy, and they could be thrown long distances. Now, both those kind of darts and arrows were often covered in tar or pitch, a very flammable liquid, you know, which basically they would set light to. If it was an arrow that had a lot of this stuff on it, it became really like napalm, this very, you know, the very cruel weapon that the uh, Americans used in Vietnam, which was like uh, jellified petrol. When it dropped on people, it stuck to your skin and it burnt you alive. And uh, basically, the the same thing was with these Roman arrows and Roman darts. When the the, uh, arrow flamed towards the person... It often, if it, uh, if it uh, was still burning, uh, the, 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 the fire would spread. Sometimes you'd get covered in burning, burning tar. And uh, then you'd drop the shield and then it'd be easy for the, for the enemy to, to actually go forward and, 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 uh, and slaughter the army um, as, as everybody was kind of burning away. Now what uh, Paul is saying is this, the shield of faith is able to, to quench the worst Darts that the devil fires at our souls. Now, what are these darts that the, uh, the devil fires at our souls? Well, I, I mean, I haven't got long enough tonight to go into in all this detail, but let me give, give you a few examples. Doubts. The devil, once a doubt starts in people, it often starts to grow and grow. Oh, I don't think this is true. I don't, oh, I'm not sure this is true. Maybe I can't trust the Lord. Oh, no, maybe, did he really say that? The person that has faith... There's no, there's no room for that to grow and to burn, to burn up. It could be personal injuries cause resentment and bitterness. The resentment and bitterness starts actually just with a very little flame. And gradually, over time, when people have suffered personal injury, they become often, not always, but often become very bitter towards the person that's injured them. Get filled with, 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 that, with, with resentment might be to family members, might be to parents, whatever. But, but it's horrible and it spreads. And Christians can become like that. And the devil loves to destroy the usefulness of a Christian soldier by filling that Christian with, with bitterness and resentment. It could be um, persecution fills us with fear. Now that's another thing that the devil loves to get. The, the fear starting to burn within us. You know, with the fear of persecution, of, of going to prison and, or being shot or beheaded for your faith, I mean, it, it is terrifying. It is terrifying, isn't it? But if that terror takes hold and starts to burn and the Christian actually then falls away and denies Christ, like Peter did, like Peter did, then it's pretty, a, a pretty awful experience. What about... Accusation. What about the guilt that we feel when we look at our past and we, we, we think about all the things we've done wrong and the fire of guilt starts to burn and the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. And although we deserve, I mean, we should, we should be convicted of our sins and that can be used by God in a good way. But the devil will only use conviction of sin in a bad way to drive us to despair or even suicide, which is what happened in the case of Judas Iscariot. People can kill themselves for religious reasons because they feel so guilty about what they've done. But the shield of faith in Christ, doubled with the preparation of the gospel of peace, which we wear on our feet, of the knowledge that Jesus died for all sinners and loves all sinners, and our faith in that fact 
can completely extinguish uh, that, uh, that, which is, that which is going in our, our, our lives. And I could talk further about anger, rage, which sometimes grips our lives. And sometimes under stress, we say things, we do things which really are just, just, uh, just awful, isn't it? These things are sent by Satan to burn in us. Now, even grief, even grief can be a, something that paralyzes us with sadness. I mean, it is an awful thing when there is no hope, you know, you know in the world and, and someone dies and, that you love and, and you have got no hope for yourself, no hope of the afterlife, no hope, and they die. And you're, it's a terrible thing to be paralyzed by that grief. And the devil loves to paralyze people with sorrow to prevent them coming to Christ. Of course, lust, which the Bible talks about specifically as a fire that burns, can destroy the energy, enemies. Uh, sorry, can destroy the energies of of not just young people but old people, middle-aged people. Can destroy those uh, those precious energies that are meant to be given to the living God and fill a person with guilt and hardness, insensitivity. All of these things. The devil is actively trying to do. Now, this is what we must understand. I don't believe in being—I don't believe in being superstitious and seeing demons around every corner, or, or attributing everything that's happening to the devil. But we do must understand the devil is wishing for things that do happen to us to be turned into a fiery dart that burns us up. But if we keep the shield of faith, they will be extinguished. I mentioned that the the uh, the, uh, the 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 shield that the Roman soldier had, had leather on the outside. Now that leather was soaked with water. And if you know anything about leather, you know that it really holds on to a lot of water. And it's very, very difficult to make such, such a, a shield catch fire. And the thing is this, is that the shield of faith is absolutely surrounded by the Holy Spirit of God. These are spirit-given, wonderful gifts that are given to us. And the shield of faith enables us to extinguish these darts as they come. We receive the forgiveness from the Lord. We receive a new mind, a new heart, and we are renewed in the spirit of our minds and hearts and can go on to live the life for Christ. Now, um, I'm not going to say any more. Um, Apart from uh, this, the Lord calls us really to go forward. It says in Hebrews 10.39, we're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. And uh, so the shield of faith is absolutely essential in us moving forward in our Christian lives day by day. May the Lord help us, indeed, day by day to take up that shield of faith and uh, fight the good fight uh, for the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you've provided us with everything that pertains to life and godliness. And we thank you, Lord, for indeed this faith, Lord, that is is so powerful. Lord, you give it to us. We pray, Lord, that you will grant us to, to receive more and, Lord, to use it more regularly. We pray, Lord, we will be a congregation here, a church of great faith. And, Lord, that there will be great battles won for you in these years. And many people brought into salvation.
And uh, we pray, Lord, that you will uh, indeed uh, bless this coming week uh, and the uh, meetings that we're having. We, we pray, Lord, that each of us will be able to shield each other uh, and protect each other and by, through prayer and through, uh, and through intercession. And so we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.